the wild card in the National League and the Western Division in the American League are starting to show some clarity, but it's still pretty chaotic. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who apparently is a big Montreal Expos fan. And I have been a member of the Locked On Podcast Network for the last five seasons. And we're now in the final week of the regular season, which is always kind of sad for me. Follow me at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, and you can follow us there. And also, we have, as we have at least once a week, every week, my co-host for the day is... Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for the personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. Please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. And I have some big news. On Friday, I officially became a father. I am now a cat dad Sully. Woo! Exciting. My first son. I am very Cat dad Sully. I was going to do Cat Scratch Fever, which was a uh, Ted Nugent song. But hey, congratulations. What I, I assume you've named the cat uh, Goldschmidt. What's the name of your cat? Catel Marte? You know, we're two days in. We're still searching for a name. Right now, we're just workshopping with Kitty. So if you have any name suggestions for us, you know, don't be afraid to reach out on Twitter, comment section on YouTube. We are taking all suggestions for the name right now. And and put a hashtag Millard Cat. Millard yeah. Cat hashtag Millard Cat. We gotta get our name for Millard's cat. Hey, uh maybe Millard's cat could be the name of our uh trivia question that I threw out the last time and already have a couple of people answered it right. Uh Court Stell, I gotta have my uh uh my tournament of champions, Amy. Ooh. Uh, Court Stell, Craig Brindle, all these people keep throwing the correct answer. I mean, John Murphy Jr. has been doing a good job of it. The question was, who was the oldest World Series MVP in baseball history? The oldest World Series MVP in baseball history. Do you know the answer to it? Steve Pierce. No, actually, not a you know that's not a bad guess. Yeah, he's not old, right? He's like he was he was not he was not a spring chicken. The answer is Willie Stargell. Mm. who was the MVP of the first World Series I ever watched as a kid in 1979. And the uh, the old. he was 39 years old when he was okay. the – when Pops, who is now – that's 12 years younger than I am now. They were calling him Pops. Uh, uh, led, the, uh, led the Pittsburgh Pirates to a World Series champion to the disco beat of we are – family so there how you go high, how high is david ortiz on that list he has to be like kind of top five yeah, yeah. actually do you want that to go i'm gonna look that up i, I i'm gonna go to baseballreference.com the single greatest website in the history of the planet earth um okay david ortiz 
He was. They called him Big Poppy. They called him Big Poppy. Greatest 20, World Series run I've ever saw. 2013, he was 37. Mm-hmm. He was a year younger. Yeah, so you had Big had Poppy be, and you had Pops. He had to be but right there. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, hey, this weekend was uh, a weekend of bizarre anarchy. Of course, uh, on Sunday's show, I'm not going to get too into the weeds. We are going to talk a little bit about the NL wild card in segment two, including the Arizona Diamondbacks, Ooh. who uh, were who are inching closer and closer and closer to a wild card status. But let's talk first about the uh, American League West. Um, an astonishing turn of events have happened. Just a week and a half ago, the Rangers were not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They had fallen out. They were no longer. They were they were trailing the third wild card team, and today. Despite every effort to hand the game to the Seattle Mariners, the Rangers held on for a razor-thin 9-8 to victory. And with that, the Rangers completed their sweep of the Seattle Mariners. And the Rangers, who lost uh, uh, DeGrom, who lost Scherzer, whose bullpen has been an abject disaster, who went onto that massive, massive tailspin and are finding themselves with less than a week to go in first place by themselves in the American League West. And the magic number is five for them to be not only the American League West champion, but have completely skip over the wild card round. This razor thin race suddenly became the Rangers to lose, and unless they have an, another, you know, epic face plant, mm-hmm. uh, then this has been an astonishing turn of events for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, one of my dark horse teams entering the year, and when you look at this final stretch for them, yeah, they're going to have you know those top dogs like the Degroms and Scherzers on the rotation, but. You look at that lineup, they're completely healthy right now for the final stretch. You got Ardarlis Garcia back, Corey Seager's in there smashing, you got your rookie uh, Yash Young back. So when you look at the Texas Rangers lineup, that's been an offense that's been able to carry them at different points of the season. We looked at that Rangers differential. It was so great because that offense was just smashing their way those first three months of the season. Hit a little bit of a slump in August, of course, post-All-Star break, but during this final stretch of the season, with that offense completely healthy, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that lineup carries them through this final stretch of games to that division title really what it comes down to is this mariners versus astros battle potentially for you know that final wild card spot because it seems like the blue jays is going to get that second wild card spot ALA's team is going to get that number one spot so which ALS team is going to get that final wild card spot the idea of the houston astros a team that i have written in pen to make the postseason the idea of them not making the playoffs in the final like six games of the season and they do face the D-backs in the final two games of the year. So the D-backs, once again, going to have major implications in this AL West uh, race. Yeah, and but I mean, the, the D-backs are... Now, there is an incredible thing that, that happened as well. And this is, again, I can't stress this enough, that you cannot mark your calendar to say, hey... Uh, you know, an easy win is coming up. The Astros went to Kansas City. Yep. 102 loss uh, uh, Kansas City Royal team. And they're facing the the 
Astros. And the whole mentality was Seattle and Texas are going to beat the snot out of each other while Houston has the easy time of it at home against Kansas City. And what happened? The Royals swept them. Absolutely swept them. And starting tomorrow, the uh, Astros are playing the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. Castillo versus Verlander. Now, let me paint a picture for you here. Mm. If, and this is not an outrageous uh, uh, statement, if Seattle wins a game at home with their best pitcher on the mound, if that happens tomorrow, then we are in the final week of the season and the Astros would be on the outside looking in of the postseason. The, which would be insane. Which would be insane. While the Rangers are playing the Angels, which I would think would be a much easier series, but we just saw with the uh, you know with the uh, Texas with the um, Kansas City Royals sweeping the Astros, you cannot bank on easy wins at all. So it looks like if the Rangers who are throwing gray against Sandoval, the troutless uh, angels, the, the Otaniless angels, if the Rangers can win that series, they will, and, and you, they will essentially have eliminated the Astros or Mariners, one of those two. And, you know, either way, they're going to be chipping away at their magic number. And we could just, we could see the Rangers be the American League West champions by the weekend, which is, to me, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and when you look at that Astros versus Mariners series, I mean, a lot of this stuff is going to come down to who owns the tiebreaker. And the Astros entered that series against the Mariners 2-8 and eight against Mariners this season. The Mariners have completely owned the Astros this year. So the Astros have no chance of catching the Mariners in that tiebreaker. So they have to go in there. They have to win the series. And they have to finish ahead of the Mariners if the Astros do want to make it to the postseason. They cannot finish with the same record as the Mariners. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, but we come back. The wild card, while a tiny bit clearer, is still pretty dang wild. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. All right, um, we're here doing our Monday runaround. Hey, for those of you who are just waking up on Monday, 
uh, check your podcast catcher because I dropped a new episode on both Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, Saturday's show, uh, we took a, a bounce around the league, and we also paid tribute to friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle, who used to actually, he had recorded the intro to the old Sully Baseball Daily podcast. Oh, wow. uh, wonderful, wonderful guy with a terrific 11-year career, and I think he's going to have a long career as a broadcaster as well because he's a very funny, affable guy. And then yesterday, I broke down the insanity that was the 13-12 to 12 game where the apparently the Steelers beat the Bengals 13 to 12 in the game yesterday. It was absolutely insane. So uh, uh, catch up a little bit there on your a couple of additional episodes of Locked On MLB. I'm going to be recording them left and right this this entire week. If I take a day off, uh, it's because the dog hasn't woken me up yet. Uh, but what's not taking a day off is the NL Wild Card, which mm-hmm. would be would be a little more interesting if the Rockies had held on to their leads on Saturday and Sunday, because that would bring the Cubs a little closer. Um, the Reds actually held on to beat the Pirates, and Joey Votto gave a very heartfelt speech to the Cincinnati Red fans as this could be his last home game in Cincinnati. A uh, little tear to your eye at seeing a guy who is a, a throwback guy plays his whole career with one team. But as it stands right now, we have uh, the wildcard teams. Philadelphia looks pretty secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're locked. They're locked, and they look good. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, again, I they don't pick the Braves. I, I don't pick them over Los Angeles or Atlanta in a league championship series matchup. But man, I could see them pulling off an upset and getting to the league championship series. Um, your Diamondbacks hey. showed up and confirmed that Carlos Rodon was a terrible, was a bust <laughs> his first season with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Absolute uh, for people my age, that's an Ed Whitson, Kenny Rogers, Kayagawa, Busterino, okay. uh, and uh, hey, Zach Allen looked like a Cy Young contender today. Yeah, you know I mean, he's not going to finish as a finalist, but at least he looked like he could be back on track for the postseason. At least I, if you you would rather see him win those games in October in a series where you're going to be facing the D-backs will probably be facing Philly. Is yeah, that what pro- they? Be? Yeah, yeah, probably. probably yeah, maybe Gallon versus like Nola game one or Gallon Wheeler. That's a game one. that's a that's a heck of a matchup, but I give a slight edge to Gallon. Although Nola is terrific, I mean, like the the Phillies are going to be a tough team. Yeah, they, I mean their lineup is insane. So I mean, they there's no walk in the park, especially going into Philadelphia too, one of the most raucous crowds in Major League Baseball. I mean, that that's not going to be a fun environment for the D backs. No, but they they've they've stared them down before. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like uh, the Brewers. Their magic number is down to one. Um, they were not helped by the fact that the Rockies uh, got pounded in. Uh, uh, I don't even get pounded. They just lost a bunch Ooh. of close games uh, in Wrigley. Uh, but they'll get either one win or one Chicago loss. And so that will mean the Brewers right now are lined up to play Chicago. But Miami is right on their heels. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right on their heels. Uh, and, um, and Miami... Uh, you know, give them credit because they looked bad the other day. They got their butts handed to them the other day. And um, they, uh, uh, you know, John Bird hits, hits the big home run uh, and they wound up beating the Milwaukee Brewers 6-1, to one, spoiling their hopes to uh, clinch the division today. Um, and as it stands right now uh, in the wild card chase, you have um, – as I said, Philadelphia is up by four and a half. That's great. 
you know, Arizona is only half a game ahead of Chicago, yeah, who's only close. half a game ahead of the Marlins. Mm -hmm. So no one's locked in stone just yet. Um, and uh, in the coming up, the 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 D backs play the Yankees, who, by the way, are officially eliminated. Yep, D backs uh, did that. And if and they're starting Kelly against Schmidt, and a loss for the Yankees would put them at 500. I'm just saying that out of pure Schadenfreude. Um, but a win for the Diamondbacks goes a long way to giving them not really wiggle room, but at least making sure other people have to keep pace with them. Yeah, uh, D-backs need everyone they could get. That would be huge. I really do think the Marlins are going to take that final wild card spot. Just because, too, I mean, I don't know how serious the Braves are going to play at the end of the season. We just saw them get smacked up by the Phillies. But the Cubs, their final two series are against the Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. So they're going against two division leading you know teams and the marlins are only going against the pirates and the new york mets two teams not in the postseason mix maybe those teams want to play spoiler down the stretch but i think the marlins are going to take this final wild card spot we're going to be handing out some awards later maybe one of their you know team members managers gets one of the awards but i like the marlins to take that final wild card spot the chicago cubs they've been kind of up and down the last couple of weeks we've seen david ross the manager of that team kind of call out his team saying what are we doing out here we shouldn't be losing to a team like this who was i think they were against the either the colorado rockies or the pittsburgh pirates or was like we're a way better team than they are and we should be beating them up right now and it didn't happen and we'll see if that kind of message can get through to these players and kind of spark them for this final stretch of the season but i i just love everything the marlins have done post all-star break and i think they're going to take that final wild card spot yeah i think they are too but nothing seems to make sense anymore a few weeks ago i would have bet everything that the Rangers would have been the team on the outside looking in. The Rangers bullpen that, that I had, we had done a show. You and I did a show where the, the thumbnail was Texas Foldham. It yeah, was one probably, of my most yeah. watched episodes we've ever had. And I was saying, I was, I was, I, I had the bugle. I was going, brr, brr, brr. and all of a sudden we're now looking up and now they're going to pr probably clinch the division. By the way, what this really does to me, is uh, it's all but in a way it's telling me that unless Minnesota goes on a rampage in in October, um, I would <laughs> um, I would say that uh, the the American League champion is going to come out of the East. You know, because mm. if you saw how oh, the yeah, Blue, you've seen how the Blue Jays are hitting, the Rays had some big clutch hits, and you know Baltimore got a great performance from Means. They got a great performance from Gibson. Right now, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying, again, I'm standing by my Baltimore-Atlanta World Series. You know, that's where I think we're going right now. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, the the Western teams just look very vulnerable right now, all of them. And if the, if the Rangers win the division, which it looks like they're going to, they get the bye, and they're going to start Jordan Montgomery. Mm -hmm. But you know that bullpen's going to blow a playoff game. Yeah, you and, know it. And the fact that they don't have those two top dogs in the rotation. Like, if you told me you at least had a Scherzer in that Rangers rotation with the Valdes and the Montgomerys, like, I think I would actually pick the Rangers to come out the American League instead of an AL East team just because I don't know how translatable that 
super young Baltimore teams are going to be or the Tampa Bay Rays, who I just think are always going to be a regular season team. I kind of like the AL West in terms of teams I could, you know, in terms of teams that have championship equity. I kind of like the Astros and Rangers and even like the Seattle Mariners over a team like the Baltimore Orioles or Tampa Bay Rays. But it's kind of crazy that only one of those teams is like, or two of those teams are going to make it to the postseason. Yeah, I was about to say, there is a possibility the Astros may miss the playoffs altogether. Yeah. It is not, and, and not an outlandish one. Yeah, again, if Seattle wins a series at home against the team that just got swept by the Kansas City Royals, then we're going to the final weekend of the season where all the Mariners have to do is keep pace with the Astros. And then the defend, then we do, then we do not have a defending. We'll have a new American League champion. For the first time since COVID. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, the Astros have just freaking ran that uh, American League. I mean, they've been in the championship series yeah. every year since 2017. So it would be a little bit of a surprise if they did make the postseason. Because this is a team, like you said, that could, make the, that could miss the pay- playoffs. But if they faced off against Tampa Bay or Baltimore, like I would still pick Houston in that series despite yes. them potentially yes. missing the playoffs within the next week. One under-the-radar kind of storyline that was kind of funny from the past couple of weeks, the San Diego Padres just went on, like, a little eight-game winning streak. They were like, yeah. you know what? We win another two games. It might be, like, three and a half back with, like, six to play. Like, they were kind of sneaky, just hanging on by, like, one fingernail on the cliff. Yeah, I mean, what killed them was the fact that the Cubs uh, went on a three-game winning streak against the Rockies. If the If the Cubs had lost that series to Colorado – that would have just that would have compressed everything. But right now, the magic number to eliminate, or the tragic number to eliminate the San Diego Padres is two. Ooh. So uh, they they would basically have to run the table and have the Cubs lose all their games and all the teams. It, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. They want to but, feel good about themselves. They could finish ahead of the Giants potentially. They want to feel well. Good they are now one game. Right as we're recording this, they're one game behind the Giants. So yeah. there you go. All right. Well, Sully, let me hop on the mic here for a little bit because I know we want to talk about some end of the season awards. You know, hand out a couple of trophies to some MVPs, some Cy Youngs. But before we get there, I first want to talk to everyone about this little thing called Jace medical because i believe everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected that's why jace medical offers the jace case the jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency jace medical makes sure you have the medication in hand Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. All right. Um, hey, we got the the awards we can hand out. Um, I have to say, I've said this before, and I said it again. They should have a ceremony, I, maybe before Gabe won of the World Series, where they hand out Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Manager of the Year. 
because there's always this confusion. Yeah, I remember. I never, I'll never forget it. Like when Clayton Kershaw won the MVP and the Cy Young Award after his brilliant 2014, and all the knuckleheads calling the sports talk shows are like, "Well, he choked in the playoffs. Why not give it to Baumgartner?" I don't understand. Every year was that it's a regular season award. It's nothing to do with this and nothing to do with that. Um, you know, Jeter. He how come they give it to A Rod? Jeter won the ring. Yes, I know he won the ring. Um, there would be no more confusion if they hand these awards. They do that in the NBA. You know who yeah. the you know who the MVP is. They announce those things, and it sort of adds a little bit of juice and everything like that. So, uh, I I say have a ceremony where they they hand them out, uh, and it adds a little bit of excitement beforehand. Why not? Well, how, who gets hurt from that? Yeah, and I will say one thing that the NBA could do and the MLB could do if you're going to hand out the awards, because I know you like how the NBA hands it out, but do it before the playoffs start. I think that's the issue yes. that we see in basketball. That's the issue we see now because it's like you feel like in the moment after a regular season, you know who the MVP is. And then after you go through the playoffs, you're like, why do we think that guy's the MVP? Because he might have flamed down the postseason or someone else just takes it to another level who we already know is a great player. But then it's like we might have overlooked them in the regular season. So hand these awards out at the conclusion of the regular season before the playoffs start. So our perspective and our opinions on these awards aren't jaded, please. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, let's, let's hand out some hardware here. Yes, I think um, we're going to agree on a, a bunch of these. I, yeah. Um, uh, let's let's do – you know what? I talked about one of them the other day. So what, I'm actually going to – I'm going to throw out um, – I'm going to throw one out right now. Um, I gave out in my podcast yesterday who I think – She's hands down needs to be the American League manager of the year. I wonder who you would pick. Okay. I feel like we might pick the same guy here just because I know this is one of your dudes. You got the photo behind you. You want one of his lieutenants to get hired, but why not just hire the main man himself because he's won multiple World Series for the Giants and he's come to the Texas Rangers and in one season has able to turn around that franchise, a franchise that has been stuck in some mediocrity the last few years, those post-World Series years. They've been stuck. They've been trying to spend money. It hasn't worked out. They've just been mediocre, but then after one season when it felt like they might have had average talent they added a Marcus Simeon they had a they added a Corey Seager they struggled their first year but the second season under Bruce Boshi he's turned everything around the culture the offense is in full throttle they've had you know a lot of pitching woes in terms of health has not mattered he got the best of Nathan Avaldi's the John Gray's I think he's just basically maximized every player on the roster I mean you go up and down it's like every player I think is playing to the best version of themselves. I think a great manager brings out the best of all the players on his team. I think Bruce Boshi has done that for the Rangers. And all due respect to Brandon Hyde, all due respect to several other managers who've done a fine, fine job this year in the American League. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that he's, as I said before, he's lost Scherzer. He's lost DeGrom. His bullpen was just abysmal. And they went on that massive tailspin. And that he kept the team focused and they never, while they tailspin and they, they fell out of the playoff race for a little bit, uh, they managed to, you know, stay in. And to me, uh, I can't, that's just, it's such an astonishing job that, you know, again, I could understand someone making a case for Brandon Hyde, but 
uh, no, this is uh, this has to be Bruce Bochy. Yeah, and we have the pedigree of Bochy has. Like, it's easy for your message to get across the locker room. It's easy to instill the values that you want on the team. So I think it's pretty obvious how much of an impact he's made since coming over to the Rangers. Okay, who do you have in the National League? My NL MVP. I know, oh, manager of the year, manager of the year. Oh, yeah, not my MVP. My NL manager of the year is another inspired pick by Silla Baseball because you said this team, if they swapped out their manager, Don Mattingly, this team could potentially make the postseason. I'm talking about the Miami Marlins manager here because this team, they did swap out the manager, and then all of a sudden, their offense took a big boost. Jazz Chisholm still once again in and out the lineup, but it doesn't matter because your Luis Arises have had great seasons. You've had some other great seasons like Jorge Soler's. You've added pieces at the deadline thanks to your GM. You got some really great years out of the young guys of your rotation because this team is so young, and a lot of those young pitchers have looked really good this year. I think when you look at this team, development's very important. And it looks like all these young players have taken a step forward this season under the new manager. So I'm going, let me make sure I have his name right, Skip Schumacher of the Miami He's so Marlins. good you don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> yeah. I had to write it down. I was like, let me make sure I have this one. Which generic down. white guy is this manager? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did he coach the it, Was it Tom Trumplehorn? Am I, is it Jim Riggleman? No, it's Skip Schumacher. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning towards Schumacher, but I also – I. Let's not sleep on Brian Snitker. I mean, I know the manager of the year tends to be the manager who had to f- go through the most amount of turmoil, you know, who overcame a lot of obser- aver- adversity. Easy for you to say. But I also occasionally want to manage, you know, the manager who is just has their team in it all the time. I mean, I, I was giving some consideration to Dave Roberts when you consider how decimated their pitching staff was, how they had to, they, they at one point were looking at, um, was Lance Lynn going to be their number two pitcher? Cause the injuries to may the, the suspension of Urias Gonsolin's and all these things happened at once. And the Dodgers, despite having a wonderful season from, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Giants making a run at them at one point have, you know, they're a nine, they're probably going to finish the season with 97, 98 wins despite all that. So I know it's, you know, you know the Braves and the Dodgers are supposed to win. Yeah. But a lot of teams that are supposed to win don't. Yeah. And so I, um, I would probably say Schumacher for the same reason you did, but I would give a lot of love to both Roberts and a Snitker for the fine job, and to Craig Council for mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Brewers, who saw that opening with the Cardinals wetting the bed, and have the Brewers are going to take this division with ease. Okay, let's let's go on. Uh, let's go to the other one uh, that I think is going to make you happy: uh, the Rookie of the Year. Um, I think the American League is kind of easy. Uh, Gunnar Henderson of Baltimore is is my pick there. Um, again, you're someone from Baltimore is going to, is going to get some hardware this year. And I, well, I don't have his, uh, his stats from today. Um, you know, he comes, he, you know, comes fits right in, um, at, you know, as an infielder, giving him 20, you know, 20 some on home runs and OPS in the eight hundreds has a little bit of speed strikes out too much fine, but he's a 22 year old who is playing with the poise of a seasoned veteran. And it looks like that Orioles team is, uh, is probably going to win the division. Uh, I, I'm I am completely all for that. 
Yeah, Gunnar Henderson is the betting favorite right now. Also, Tristan Cassis of the Boston Red Sox is a sleeper. Also, Josh Young of the Rangers and maybe even like a Yoshida of the Red Sox as well. But I'll probably go Gunnar Henderson, 800 plus OPS, and a finish with near 30 home runs. Just looked really solid and comfortable at the plate as his first professional, you know, big league um, season under his belt. And then, of course, the NL Rookie of the Year Award winner. I mean, we don't even have to discuss it because, the, you know, uh, sports books have started paying this bet out months ago because he ran away with this so early on. Corbin Carroll is going to take home this award. I did a podcast. I've been doing podcasts on him all week. On where does his rookie season rank among? Uh, you know, rank among all it's fantastic. Rookies. Yeah, like this is like a top five, top ten rookie season that we've ever seen. First player ever, twenty five home runs, fifty stolen bases. Really incredible stuff from Corbin Carroll. Yeah, he was really being tremendous. I mean, Jordan Walker had a terrific year. Uh, Cody Senga, L.A. De La Cruz with his impact on the Reds. But this this has to be unanimous first for Corbin Carroll. I mean, he's just been he's yeah. been unbelievable. I think Senga is probably going to finish second because all of a sudden he might finish like top five in Cy Young voting. Yeah, uh, but you know, but yeah, it's Carroll. OK, um, a couple of weeks ago, this would have been another Arizona Diamondback win uh, for the Cy Young. Gallon pitched great today, and he's got to wind up having a wonderful season. There's no getting around it. But this has to be Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell actually kind of like ran away with it at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. He's lead, yeah. He's going to lead the league in ERA. He's going to lead the league in ERA plus hits per nine. He's going to have one of the best strikeout numbers in, in the sport as well. So it's like, in terms of everything, he's going to be like top three or better in every major statistical stat for a pitcher. So Blake Snell has ran away with this at the end of the season. And another person who's run away with it, and man, could you imagine, With I mean, as disappointing a season as the Yankees have had this year, uh, what would they have been without Garrett Cole, who has, you know, his 200 innings pitched. His ERA is in the two, is right now at 275. You know, he has, two, he has 217 strikeouts in those 200 innings. Um, you know, some his his win loss record is fourteen and four, and I'm going to use that in his favor because yeah. there have been so many games that he left with the lead that the bullpen you know whisked away. He would easily just off the top of my head, he would have eighteen wins if the if the Yankees didn't blow some of his uh, his stellar performances he had there. And if you go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And you just a lot of black, a lot of black leads the league. If you like win loss percentage, I'm not a big fan of it, but he leads the league in that ERA starts innings pitched ERA plus whip hits per nine, nine innings, all sorts of everything advanced metrics that I couldn't understand in a thousand years. He, he is the Cy Young award winner. And quietly like Sonny Gray might finish like run up or something. Oh, he's, He's been He's terrific. Had a I just wouldn't expect him to all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and finish runner-up, even though he's a very good pitcher. But, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, uh, uh, Coles was the, was the runner-up at the Cyan Award in 2019 and 2021. Uh, he's finally going to get the award this year. Yeah, I mean, say what you want. I mean, the Yankees gave him a lot of money, but he's been in the mix for that Cy Young Award and been one of the best pitchers in baseball every single season. I think the one blemish is his – the you know, I think the one real blemish – was wetting the bed in the wildcard game against Boston mm-hmm. in 2021. But he's been what the Yankees – he's he's delivered. Yeah. He's been what the Yankees have needed. Yeah, Cole hasn't been the problem as to no. why the Yankees haven't reached greater heights during no. his tenure. With the okay, and uh, uh, the, AL, the AL MVP, real, real tough. Real, real tough. Uh, yeah. Should it be Shohei Otani? 
uh, unanimously, or, or should one jerk reporter uh, give it to someone else just to, because they want to feel cool? Yeah, honestly, and it's like it, it's even tough to make an argument for someone else right now. Like if there was even someone that had like forty, like if there was like a Vlad Guerrero, you know, when Otani had the season a few years ago, right, right. Like okay, there's someone else with forty-five home runs, monster season. But it's like when you look yeah. at the odds for who could else could win it. Like Corey Seager's number two, and Corey Seager's having an MVP type season. The only problem is they only play like 70 percent of the games this year. Like he's gonna have. And he doesn't have one hundred and thirty some odd innings as a pitcher. Yeah, he's going to have way less games than Otani, and, of course, he doesn't have the pitching stats either. So it's like, I, it, as good as Corey Seager's been, Otani is just on another level. And he's the, even if he didn't pitch, he's still the best position player as yeah. well in the American League. So it's like, whatever you want to say, Otani should get the MVP award. And uh, who do you have in the National League? MVP, this one is a little bit tightly contested because you got those two Dodgers guys. But I'm going with the Braves, dude. Ronald Acuna, who is having mm -hmm. one of the best seasons we've ever had, might enter the 40-70 club. I don't think – has anyone ever done that before? No. I think he would be the first player. So it's like, if you're going to do stuff – I know Freddie Freeman, he's like the first 20 home run, 20 stolen base. You know what? That's not as cool. 2020 is not as cool as 40 and 70. So I'm going with Ronald Acuna. A couple weeks ago, it was, I think, a three-way race between Acuna, mm -hmm. Freeman, and Betts. And then Acuna said, uh, I got this. Um, I think those are your three finalists. Um, and I have, and I think two and three is a complete coin toss at this point between Betts and Freeman. But the way, for, uh, the way that Acuna has played the last two or three weeks has just set him aside. So I think, yeah, I think, I mean, the, are any of them really toughly contested? I mean, other than manager of the year, I mean, those are all pretty – it's all there's not gonna be a lot of suspense unless there's a massive up massive Mo Vaughn over Albert Bell upset. Uh I, I don't see it. I think that this is you know Otani, Acuna, Garrett Cole, uh Snell, um, and the rookies are you know, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, maybe you'll go a different direction in the AL rookie of the year, but I, I don't see it. I yeah, see. I feel like maybe the MVP in the National League could be kind of close if somehow Mookie Betts has like a week of Grand Slams to end the season or something like that. But I, I think for the most part, every award is locked up at this point in the season. All right, well, look, at, let's do quickly throw the trivia question out there. Um, twice in history, postseason history, a team lost – a postseason series, clinching the the ending moment of the postseason series, was a wild pitch that scored the series clinching run. That happened twice in baseball history. Both times, the same team lost. The same franchise, mm -hmm. twice in their history, lost a postseason series with a wild pitch and the winning run coming across. Which franchise? has lost two postseason series. One was a World Series. One was a League Championship Series on a wild pitch. And that is your trivia question for today. Miller Thomas, where can people listen to your show? Follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for the personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. Listen to the podcast on all your streaming platforms. And please subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking baseball, talking wild card, talking wild pitches with Miller Thomas. I am the host of Lockdown MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Call me Sully. Let's fist pump for another week. <laughs>